Hi, everyone. I am your host, Kristen Ashley, and this is Pro Wrestling Illustrated's podcast dedicated to women's wrestling, Get the W. We took a break for a little while, but uh, we, we can't stay away from women's wrestling for too long. Uh, we're excited to be back, and we're ready to celebrate uh, the badass women of wrestling. So before we get started, let me introduce our guests. Uh, our first guest is Haley Ann, uh, writes and edits for Nerds and Beyond, and is a central part of Fightful Overbooked. How are you today, Haley? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah. Um, and then next is Haley's partner in crime, both on and off their Fightful podcast, uh, Kylie Fuller. How are you? I'm good. I'm also very excited. And I love the partner in crime title. Yes. Me too. A badge of honor. <laughs> Two are always active on Twitter talking to each other. And this is our first time having these two um, on this podcast, but not the next guest, which is Warren Hayes. We're, we're blessed to once again be in his presence. Uh, he's Warren Hayes of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, Belt to Bells, and occasionally PWI. How's it going, Warren? I guess your blessings are few and far between if having me on is suddenly like a thing where you're like, hey, let's make this. We're blessed. But nonetheless, it's great to be here. And it's great to talk with uh, with uh, Kylie and Haley uh, again. It's been a while. So, uh, we, we, you know, we did some catch up behind the scenes as well. So that was fun. It's all going to be great today, Kristen. What a great group you put together. Yes. And to be honest, you are occasionally a host so I guess not occasionally PWI probably more than I do let's be honest <laughs> all right so thank you uh, three for joining me um for this episode we are re revisiting uh the AEW women's division so last time we covered AEW women um on get the W we discussed the history of women's mid-card titles and then the TBS title tournament results which had just finished this time we're going to look to the future uh, my guest and I will examine the potential influence, opportunities, and presence that the women uh, will have on the, the three big summer events happening. And to end the episode, we'll examine the current state of the women's roster and our hopes for the future. So let's start by tackling the event that has really dominated the news cycle since its announcement. I mean, it's all I read about, which is AW's uh, new Saturday show, Collision. So this was announced... Not to what, June 17th? Um, oh no, May 24th, sorry. And that it would debut on, on June 17th at the United Center in Chicago. Um, it was announced at the Warner Brothers uh, upfronts, which is interesting. Um, and that they basically announced that it was arriving to uh, their TV programming. So it'll be, I'm not sure. Do you guys know if it's TBS or TNT? TNT. TNT? Okay. Yeah, I think it's TNT. Okay, there's still a lot to confirm, uh, but the ant anticipated move is thought to be a roster split uh, with some talent possibly exclusive to one show. One woman specifically was mentioned in their PR release for Collision, which is Thunder Rosa. Now, Julia Hart's also on the poster, and I assume if House of Black is going to be on there, obviously she's going to be on there too. So what are your general thoughts on the idea of a new show and its known details as of right now, do you guys want a new show? Is Saturday a good time? I feel like, you know, I have movie nights on Saturday nights and I feel like I'm not sure how much reach it's gonna have. It's really interesting because um, just looking at like the early sales for collision tickets, 
they're not moving as well. And I think it's not just because people don't want to watch wrestling on TV on Saturday. I think people just have plans on Saturday and going to a show, a wrestling show maybe isn't in the cards for them. And so it's going to be, it's going to be challenging. I think wrestling is always challenging on Saturday. Like people, and during the week, nobody's going to make plans because they go to work, Mm -hmm. they come home, you can watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. But Collision is in a weird place where it's going to be stacked. Um, Just the names that were included in the press release are all, in my opinion, stars. But are they going to be able to draw sustainably to where Collision can rival Dynamite? I don't know. And when we get to, you know, football season and when it comes to pay-per-views, Collision (laughs) is in a tough spot. I don't know what you do at that point. You film, I guess. Right. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it's in the same spot as, like, Rampages because that's on Fridays at 10 p.m. And a lot of people, you know, they go out, they have plans. It's the same thing as Saturday. And there's, you know, a lot of discourse online about is Collision going to become, like, a Rampage or, like, what's going to happen to Rampage? Is that going to be sidelined? So I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of questions around uh, collision, but I hope we get answers to them soon, sooner than later. Um, on in regards to the Saturday night thing, uh, you know, I think as far as TV goes, it's going to be look. This, I mean, it's uncharted territory right at this point, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. I mean, inevitably, the first few weeks are going to do really, really well. You know, like mm-hmm. not unlike Rampage, right? You know, the yeah. it it hit like the million viewers on the first night that it opened because that guy showed up. But then after that, like we, we, we've never hit the, we've never hit the million mark after that for, for rampage. And it's just been, you know, a downward spiral since. Um, so, you know, cause I, I'm in agreement with, with all of you, you have plans. You want to go out on a Saturday, you want to do, so it'll be interesting to see how it does, but kind of maybe to, to, to disagree with, with Kylie, I think that in far, as far as ticket sales go, Saturdays are probably better sh- a better night to, to say, hey, let's go see an event because you can stay out. You can go out for a drink after. You can stay out late. You know, it's Sunday the next day as opposed to a Wednesday, as opposed to a Monday, as to any other night of the week. Really, I think as far as, you know, live attendance will go, I think there's something promising there. That being said, as you mentioned, the ticket sales are dismal. Like right now, it's just not moving. Then again, I don't blame anyone for not jumping in and going, yeah, let's go see the show when we don't know what it is. We don't understand what it's about. Uh, you know, people want to go see Dynamite. Dynamite's the flagship. That's the one you want to go see. What is this one? Is it another Rampage 2? Is it a, like, I don't blame anyone for not diving headfirst into these tickets and going, yeah, 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 for real. Um, maybe on June 17, their fortunes will change. Maybe that, you know, there'll be a certain event that will happen that maybe people, (laughs) you know, under 600 tickets sold for the, uh, for the Hamilton, Ontario, uh, uh, collision, which is being taped on the night after dynamite. They're taping that one, which is again, kind of weird straight out the gate. You're already taping kind of thing. Um, I mean, under 600 tickets sold, that's, you know, it's not a good sign, mm-hmm. but there's, there's stuff that can happen in the meantime. Well, it's, it's a wait and see kind of thing, but as it stands right now, you can't say, wow, what a great success. You know, we're not talking about Wembley. We're not talking about double or nothing 2022 here, as far as ticket sales mm-hmm. go. It's uh, it's kind of bad. And if you think about it, it's really close to double or nothing. So, you know, after double or nothing. So, I mean, if I'm somebody who just spent, you know, a, a crap ton of money, on double or nothing, am I going to also then go look out for 
collision tickets. Probably not. Um, but like you said, I think a lot of people are waiting to wait and see. Um, hopefully, it, hopefully it picks up. And also, you know, yes, I agree. Saturday night could be per good. I mean, it could be good for it. Um, but I also worry, you know, football is not on TNT, but I worry about <laughs> what they're, what they're doing now. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. hockey and basketball. <laughs> If we're honest with each other, they're going to get decimated during the when yeah. the NFL has its Saturday matches, and I would even say college ball is going to oh yeah for sure is going to wreck them. You know, I think those are reasonable expectations to have. But then the question is, you know, look, we can only assume, and we're assuming here, <laughs> that the people that at, at Warner Bros. Discovery are smart and that their expectations, you know, are not like oh yeah, we're going to do you know. Uh, 5.7s in the demo every week, you know, kind of thing. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. what the expectations are, whatever their KPIs or whatever the expectations are, probably that's what they're going to be expecting. They've definitely factored this in, right? Like they're not, we're not going to see a press release, you know, after they get decimated by by, by a college <laughs> ball game saying, well, you know, explain the, the ratings are such and so because we are competing against one of the most beloved traditions and who cares? You know, it's like they're not going to yeah. do anything. Right. And um, yeah, you're right. Football, college football is on Saturdays. So that's mm -hmm. huge up here, at least in Wisconsin. So, but maybe, maybe the women's roster will draw. Who knows? Right. So who, so who do we think is going to be on the new show? Right. We know Thunder Rosa and, and likely Julia Hart. Who mm -hmm. else do you think would be good for this next, this next brand? I think a lot of like, I don't want to call them sort of forgotten about talent, but I think one benefit of collision is that it opens up space for women uh, like, you know, a Yuka Sakazaki or an Abaddon or a Red Velvet to, one, not be in the shadow of Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and these big stars on Dynamite, um, but just to have the space to really get practice in front of a crowd that's actually into their stories. Like, they for so long, a lot of these women have been, you know, shoved off onto dark and dark elevation mm -hmm. and their moments on dynamite are just always in conjunction with, you know, the big Britt Baker story that's happening or the mm -hmm. outcast or whoever it might be. So I think there's a lot of room. And I also, uh, ring of honor is like in a weird place too, because I think Athena as ring of honor world champion, I think eventually they're going to pull her back to the AEW side mm -hmm. of things. I think maybe she's just, a little bit too popular and a little bit too, I don't want to say too good, but too um, valuable to just be on Ring of Honor for so long. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Athena become a big star for Collision. Uh, so like there's a lot of room for growth. And I would personally love to see Nyla Rose there. I'm just throwing it out there. I think Nyla is, um, I think it's a shame that Nyla isn't a part of this outcast homegrown story. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I had Nyla on my kind of list of who I would like to see as well, because mm -hmm. I think that the benefit of having a show like Collision and having more opportunity uh, to hopefully bring in new women's stories um, outside mm -hmm. of titles and things like that, um, there's a lot of intrigue and uniqueness, especially with a brand split. Uh, I feel like, you know, you can dedicate certain women to certain shows so you can bring also like a lot of the bigger talent over too, because I feel like there are a lot of kind of big stars on Dynamite um, who I don't think necessarily should leave like a Brit or a Soraya or a Tony or anything like that. But yeah. I do think there are other women like a Taya 
or like Chris Statlander or like people like that, that I think could benefit uh, a lot of women on collision as well, especially because of how much experience they have. Um, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. I have, um, I, I have essentially two requests and I don't care where they end up. Honestly. <laughs> and you both have touched on her. Nyla Rose, I think should be the number one person to benefit from this uh, because her short, short feud with, in her short, short feud with Jade Cargill, she was a highlight. She yeah. was fantastic because they let Nyla, they let TV Nyla be Twitter Nyla, which is fantastic. The and best. that's what they have to do. Yeah, you know she's she's incredible. Well, so uh, and um, you know, and I, when 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 I, I remember distinctly when Dynamite started and she was having her matches, I thought Nyla was very rough and I thought she was very unpolished. Then when the uh, when the pandemic hit, then suddenly she's like she's having these matches. Having matches with Brit, and she's she she really put the work in to improve. She is a, a far cry from what she once was. So you know, in ring, I'm not worried. Personality. <laughs> She can be a cornerstone if they want, if they really, really wanted her to be. Um, so that that's the one request that I have. Um, the other one that I have again, I don't, I don't care who or where. Like it, I, I'm just seeing these opportunities for you know, that that are opening up because Collision is there. Mm -hmm. I just want Jade to be out of her little universe. Yes, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> I want her to stop having, you know, 17 matches per year with Red Velvet. I want her to stop, you know, feuding with all the same people. I want her out of that. I, I want her mixing it up with the big leagues, with, you know, the outcasts, the Baker verse, whatever you want to call it, wherever that happens. And I think, you know, my gut would, would say that she'll probably end up on collision which I think is fine, especially if she no longer has the belt. <laughs> There's a prediction for you. Um, but I think she might, you know, hopefully, I would like her to end up on Collision. I think she will because she gets along great with CM Punk. There's rumors going yeah. around that Brian Danielson is going to help out with creative on on, on uh, Collision. She She's a Danielson project right now, apparently. She was working a lot with Daniel on uh uh, on wrestling and you know all the mm -hmm. all the elements, so I feel she's a natural for that as well. But wherever she ends up, I just want her to be in in substantial programs with women who can go. Because again, you know, if all she does is wrestle, you know, unfinished products in in a sense, where herself she is an unfinished product as well. She's never really going to improve. You put her in there with the Jamies, the Tonys, the Thunders. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. Now she can really like test her mm -hmm. metal as opposed to, you know, once every eight months where she'll have a match with Athena, she'll have a match with, uh, uh, with uh, Nyla Rose. But then in the meantime, you're all, you're fighting rookies. You're fighting people who are on the same level as you. Yeah. There's no, there's no real room to grow on top of that. So those, that's essentially, you know, I collision is opening up possibilities. That's what I'd like to see out of this. Yeah. Jade is a really interesting one. Um, because Thunder Rosa presumably is going to be the star of the collision women's division. She's the first one introduced. Uh, people are excited to see her. But I also think there's a built-in story for Jade. Because for so long, she's been, you know, complaining that she's, you know, whatever she is now, like a million and no undefeated. Whatever she's at. I don't even know at this point. Um, just saying she's the best. No one can touch her. And that AW can't get her an opponent that could be close to her. So I feel like her 
whether she loses the belt to whoever it might be. Um, I think there's a story there and I would love to see, you know, Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa be Collision's first big women's feud. I think that'd be really interesting, especially because we haven't seen Thunder Rosa in a long time and we haven't seen her against someone who's built like Jade. Uh, she's been against, you know, the Brit Bakers of the world. So I like that one. I'll add Jade to my list as well. Uh, you know, and we can talk a little bit later about the specific roster, but the question that everyone is really asking is, can they split the women's roster, right? Because it's not like the men's. It's it's relatively small and there's injuries and people go overseas and there's people who are managers. So, and also the Ring of Honor roster, right? Like there's two women on their roster page and they use a lot of indie talent, which is great because you when you got rid of Dark and Elevation, there goes a lot of that indie talent. Um, so how is this going to affect the women's roster used on Dynamite and Rampage? I, I worry about Rampage more than I worry about mm -hmm. Dynamite. So what do you all think? <laughs> I feel like Rampage just gets lost in the shuffle, you know? I feel like yeah. it's just a place where they have to have a match to advance a story on Dynamite, and they just have to do it, and they don't have room on Dynamite, so it goes on Rampage which is fine because you get more TV time for stuff and you can, you know, they have more space to work with. Uh, but the women's division is small, especially if you compare it to the men's division. But if there are women who, you know, we don't see often yeah. or who are in manager roles like the bunny, or I would say even like Penelope Ford, who just mm -hmm. um, in that their little faction with Kip and, and Butcher and the Blade, they're just mm -hmm. kind of there. So I think you could really revitalize a lot of these women like Marina Shafir, um, I think she could get some space. I think Red Velvet, um, when she comes back, I think, I think Dynamite will try, I think they'll try to retain the core of um, Britt Baker and people connected to her, Britt Baker and company, uh, and maybe Soraya and company. Uh, and then I think everybody else will just kind of end up on collision and I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be a hard brand split for the women's division. I'm not sure if they're going to sign more people. Um, Ring of Honor is suffering, and I don't know what they're going to do about that. But they have time, and they have space to work with it. So fingers crossed. I mean, AEW hasn't had a great track record of actually doing the work to make a good women's division. I think a lot of the women get over just because they're great, not so much that AEW you know, puts in the effort to make them great. Um so I don't know. We just need Tony Khan to somehow have a reality shift and, and assign more people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the, uh, the it, 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 it's kind of worrisome to think that they would like do a hard split with the, with mm -hmm. the women for pretty much all the reasons that you did uh, that you did pull up here um, outside of, you know, maybe signing new people and adding on, right? Look, I think it's it's inevitable, and I think it's probably going to happen very soon that Chris Statlander is going to come back, right? Well, Chris Statlander can be a great babyface backbone for Collision if you want it to go if you want it to go that way. Um, I don't think it's coincidental that Yuka Sakazaki has said goodbye to TJPW and said I'm moving to the United States, right? I think she's also going to be um, I think she's also going to be an anchor to uh, to whatever you know whatever they're going to uh, to do on that front. I think she's going to be a big part of that. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it's hard to not see it the way Kylie 
brought it up, you know, you're going to have the, you know, the, the, the core Baker, Britt Baker verse hang on to dynamite and then create something completely different over, uh, over on collision, uh, as it pertains to rampage. Um, I think, I think rampage is going to become like, uh, AEW's main event show for WWE, right? Where it's, you know, they're going to throw on, you know, uh, mid-carters and lower mid-carters, people just coming up, having up and and just filling up with those kinds of matches that really only the hardcores are going to watch, right? I think that's ultimately what what Rampage's destiny is going to be at this point. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think ultimately that's, that's where we're going. And, and let's not forget Willow Nightingale as well in this, right? I think Willow can also be an anchor wherever she, wherever they decide to, to, mm-hmm. to, to place her. Uh, I was shocked that they put over Willow winning the uh, strong, the, the, yes. the New Japan Women's Championship on, on Dynamite. I was sure they were just going to, you know, maybe mention it maybe speak about it next time she shows up on camera, but no, like they did a full on video package mm-hmm. and it's like, and they mentioned that she defeated Mercedes Monet on top of that. You're like, okay, well let's go then because you know, Willow is super liked. She's a natural. She mm-hmm. brings something to the table that no one else on in that division does has to bring, uh, has to offer. There we go. Uh, and, uh, and she can be, she can be a big part of whatever, side she ends up on if indeed they do go the the the, the roster split uh, the hard roster split uh, way yeah and i think with the end of dark and dark elevation there's a lot of women who have worked you know in aw unsigned or on a tiered contract or something like that doing dark and dark elevation who can be brought in and be like willow not that i think willow is like a generational talent she's just so great yeah. um but i think there's a lot of People, a lot of women who came to Dark or Dark Elevation or worked a Ring of Honor taping or whatever, who AW can turn into stars. They just have to sign them. And I don't know if they are interested in signing them. Um, you, I mean, you don't need that many women to do your one women's match a show. So I think, <laughs> I don't know. I think the AW women's division needs a revamp. Um, and I'm hoping that collision can be part of that i would love for you know women's wrestling to be a big part of collision the fact that thunder rosa is the only woman announced so far is a little bit concerning i can't help but feel a little hesitant about collision because of that but i don't know i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah and i think you know here here's my question then you know uh we have current feuds uh the feud of you know the homegrown quote unquote, and outcasts is it contains so many women. So how do you then split up those feuds? If you're going to split it up, I I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of women and how do you then properly start any new feuds with women that you haven't had on for a while? And, and, you know, then does this affect the two titles do they have? Will this affect you know, are they going to add another title? Is there room for another woman's title? I think that's important too. Um, maybe it's a U.S. I'm just kidding. U.S. Yeah, no. Um, so how does this affect the title scene in feuds then? It's AW kind of messed themselves up with that because in the women's division, you have the world title and the TBS title. So 
and, you know, if Collision is on TNT, you can't really have the TBS champion be on TNT. Um, so it would have to be the world title, I guess, if you want a women's title on there. Or, you you know, you float your champions, which if you have champions floating between Dynamite and Collision and that story is following, as we've seen with the women's division, those feuds for the titles dominate the entire division and other people just fall through the cracks. So then you would have someone like, I don't know, let's say Britt Baker is AW Women's World Champion. She's on both shows. You know, she's a star. I'm not saying anything bad about Britt. But then we fall into the same trap. So AW, they either need to commit to making something comparable to the world title and do something with the TBS title, figure it out. I don't know what. Um, or they need to find a way to balance floating the titles between brands. And I don't know. It's uncharted waters for AEW. They've never been in this spot because they've always had Dynamite. And then Dark was like the leftovers, you know? And Rampage was, you know, Dynamite too. So they've never battled with the brand split, even with Ring of Honor. We all remember when Ring of Honor was introduced and there was no brand split and it sucked and everyone was confused. So so I don't know. The stories kind of get convoluted at that point. I I think there's... um. You you remember when the 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 Kristen loves the term homegrown? By the yeah. way, she loves that. She just absolutely, yeah. She's she's attached to it. She's you know she, she's thinking about having a tattoo regarding homegrown. Tattoo. Um, no, but the you, you do y'all remember when they started the you know the homegrown versus outcast thing? They you know they they had they they were including Riho. They were including. Uh, uh, Willow Nightingale, like there were a lot of ancillary parts to it, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, you know, we don't see Riho involved in it anymore. We don't see anyone else. The only person that they really added into was uh, was Shida, Hikaru Shida, but then she was already involved at some, at the early, early stages of the thing. And I think that's, there's no real um, mistake about that. In re- Like, I think it's, it, it, the, the reason why they, they haven't opened it up more is because of the roster split and they don't want to have so many people involved in the in the homegrown versus outcast story mm-hmm. that they can't then send over to collision because because now they're in, you know, like just like you said, Kylie, then the story happens everywhere and we're just doing one story over two shows and it's always the same people getting the same shine kind of thing. Yeah. That being said. Like you said about the, you know, the TBS title, what do we do with it? Is it I, you know, right now, I think the biggest, I, I think the best way to start rebuilding it is to take it off Jade. That I think I honestly believe that it's yeah. this is where we're at right now and it's been hurting Jade and it's, and it hurts the title. I think the minute you take it off her, we start becoming much more open and receptive to anything at all. Even if it is on TNT, I don't care. <laughs> something else with the belt i think we're gonna we're, it's just gonna be refreshing and, and, and it's gonna feel it's gonna feel new you know yeah and i i worry too about the title scene i think it's just you know like you said everybody's thrown in and who knows maybe then this this home homegrown and outcast story will split up and but it's again it's all wait and see hopefully mm-hmm. this just means it's gonna um, progress. And I do want to say we have not forgotten about Haley. We're not just skipping over her. Her power went out in her streets and uh, she tried with the data on her phone. And so she's going to be in and out. Uh, but if she doesn't come back, we're going to invite you two back on, maybe talk about tag teams next time. So 
not to worry. Um, okay, what these, so what do these two know about tag teams? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so while the format uh, of collision seems to, I mean, it seems to be rounding out, and hopefully, right, because it's coming soon. The details of the next few events this this summer are pretty scarce. So let's talk about Forbidden Door too. Um, just some basic news, you know. Taking it's taking place on June twenty fifth at the Scotiabank. Hope I didn't ruin that center That's in Toronto. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm not I'm not French or Canadian. It's the second time um, AW is coming to Canada and it's kicking off a tour. So collision, all that. Um, not a single match has been announced. There there has been some rumors, but none have really been confirmed by AW. But it's a, it's essentially a sellout. So all we know about the card is what Tony Khan then announced on April 26th, uh, which is matches for the Owen Hart tournament. And that's great because that's always been a big pull. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the finals or the whole thing is going to be on that. We're not really sure. Um, so let's talk like predictions as far as women's wrestling. Um, are there any particular matches you'd like to see? Any, uh, you know, international talent, promotions involved? I know Mercedes is out and that's what everybody wanted. Is she going to be healthy in time? Uh, we talk about stardom a lot. Uh, will stardom talent get time now that Bushi Road, um, the owners of stardom and New Japan are, are pushing both brands? Will we see more TJBW talent? We've seen, you know, May and... Um, of course, Yuka and, and um, Emmy have done some stuff over there and or Japanese independent talent. And that's who they used for um, that previous tournament. So Ryo Mizunami, those, those Maki, right? They use mm -hmm. Mio a lot. So who do we who do we want to see? Who do we think we're going to see? I think if there was ever an opportunity to, you know, capitalize on the stardom connection, it's this year. Uh Last year, I was a little bit disappointed not to see more um, women's wrestling represented at Forbidden Door. It was a great show. But I do think that uh, because New Japan has its little New Japan women's title, it has the, you know, the New Japan strong women's title. I think I think there's a great opportunity for it. I, uh, I was looking forward to Mercedes, but unfortunately she's injured. But maybe I would love to see someone like Kyrie, mm -hmm. who uh, was New Japan... Uh, New Japan women's champion, uh, anyone from stardom, really like stardom has such a stacked roster. And I know that AW fans, when it comes to Joshi, it's hit or miss. And, you know, they either love them and they get behind them or they see them and they're like, Oh, this is weird. You'll always have the weirdos who, you know, <laughs> say horrible, horrible things about Japanese right. women. Sure. Um, but I think, Overall, because of the success of Riho and the success of Shida and uh, Yuka Sakazaki, I think there's a lot they can do that'll be fun. They just have to introduce the women on Dynamite, make sure people know who they are. You can't just throw out, I mean, maybe Kyrie you could just throw out there and people would know who she is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but they just have to be very, very careful with it, is I guess what I'm saying. And when it comes to other promotions, I've said this before, I always thought that Impact should be part of Forbidden Door yeah. because they had the relationship with AW and they have a relationship with New Japan. And the Knockouts division is really, really good. Of course, Jordan Grace's status is unknown, but Trinity is there now. Mm -hmm. So I don't see a situation where AW doesn't try to get Trinity 
and bring her onto Forbidden Door because you could do so much with her. You could put her against Britt Baker and it would be a great match and people yeah. would believe that she's a reasonable challenger for someone of Britt Baker's caliber. So do I'm always iffy about um, AEW bringing in outside women talent because they didn't in the impact relationship that much and they haven't really but i think forbidden door because you know injuries are happening again new japan had like three in a day um yeah i think there's a lot of space for it and i just i just don't know why aw hasn't done more to bring in stardom talent should we start talking about the forbidden door curse when it comes to injuries right because yeah. this is we're, we're starting to be in the <laughs> same spot we were last year thankfully it's it's you know it's no one like you know that was supposed to main event or you know it's like it's not cm punk getting injured and then it's like oh boy you know like anyway um the uh no i'm with i, I i'm with you i think and you know what i even think to to go on you know to to to, to go even further i think there is less and less excuse to not have <clears throat> um more women on the show this year because there is more international crossover now you can just think immediately about willow nightingale who is a new japan champion right now so mm -hmm. you can you, you can instantly have her come on and wrestle anyone a Kyrie, for instance and you know what Kyrie makes a lot of sense in an environment where mercedes monet might be out again we don't know what the injury is if it's a sprain she should be fine if it's a break well <laughs> yeah you know, then then we're in trouble but um, uh, but the um, you know uh, Kyrie has great name value in the United in the United States and Canada, which is where Forbidden Door Two is being held. By the way, uh, but it, you know it, for 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 the fans here, she she really does have a lot more name value than many you know than Momo Kogo. No disrespect, you know, but it's like okay, you know, it's, you know yeah. okay, you're in stardom, but we don't know about you, kind of thing. Uh, so so there's that and and. I think the fact that Tony announced that there would be matches for the Owen on uh, on the uh, on, uh, at Forbidden Door that it's kicking off at Forbidden Door. Uh, th there's there's uh, there's a women's bracket in for the tournament. There's a whole right. there's a whole yeah. tournament for the women. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse for not having women on the show and and not having women coming from abroad as well cuz you know there's going to be new japan guys in the owen right like yeah. again nothing's been announced yeah. but ah, you can throw in a jeff Cobb in there you know you can throw, you, you know you can bring in you can bring in hiroki goto yoshihashi to do some stuff it'll be fine but on the on the women's side sure and this is part of new japan's plan in the united states and in well north america it's to feature more women that's why they that's why they created the IWGP Women's Championship to begin with, but then they decided to go and create another one. Look, I mean, if that means more commitment to women's wrestling on their American shows and their North American shows, fine. Um, and I think there's opportunities to do it. Uh, I think there should be stardom people. I think there should be freelancers in this. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and showcasing some of the AEW talent uh, bring in people from CMLL, you know, Stephanie Vacare at the resurgence yeah. show last week at the moment we're recording this, of course, she, she, that was a coming out moment for a lot of fans. We're like, who is this woman? She's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep continuing. Now there's politics involved and in, with the, with the Mexican promotions, AAA has a relationship and CMLL and they don't get along, you know? So it's, that's a whole other thing, but still, you know, if we're just, 
dreaming and keeping all of the nonsense out of it. There's, there's honestly no reason this year for not putting on more women's matches because, uh, because of how that, how much crossover there's been because we're announcing the Owen because the Owen has opening matches at forbidden door. There's a women's side to it. There's no excuse. There's really no excuse. Yeah. And I think this is a, is a huge opportunity for AW to assure fans that they do want to improve and expand the women's roster, both mm-hmm. usage and scope. And I think this could also really, this could really kick off this collision, right? To, to show we got all these people at hand, we can use them. Um, and there's, there's feuds available that even the most, you know, casual quote unquote, I hate that, but even the most casual fan would, would understand, you know, Kyrie, Athena has the ROH title. Let them fight. That's a previous mm-hmm. title. Um, you know, let's say Mercedes does come back and they do end up with an impact um, partnership. Hello, Mercedes and Trinity. Like yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Um, Jamie Hader, let's this let's assume, right, that she has the belt. A stardom presence would be incredible because she has spent time in stardom. So this is a great time for them. Uh, to to serve at least my needs or what we want, right? And, but it, I see a lot of the same stuff online, and I think um, I think this is the time. Like you mentioned, there's um, the IWGP title, there's the Strong title. Both are have been recently started, right? They're they're inaugural. So yeah. this again is the time for uh, Bushi Road to say we need these titles on Forbidden Door and Canada is its own market. Um, Canada it doesn't get a ton of these big events, right? So it would be, at least from AEW side, it would be great. It would be great an opportunity and to show the influence. Um, so I'm excited. And again, the title scene looks great. Uh, last year, um, it was just one woman's match and it was uh, Thunder Rosa against Tony Storm, right? And it was for the titles. So yeah. um, I'm excited for them to get some time. I had... <laughs> I'll be honest, I totally forgot that there was a women's bracket side for the yeah. Olympic tournament. Um, and so, yeah, again, how do you not bring in people like Mew, who you've used a bunch, or Maki, mm-hmm. or any of those individuals? So I'm ex- I'm excited. I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm excited for this year. I'm I'm keeping my expectations to a reasonable amount, but I think this I think there is really great great opportunity to um, build on on stuff that's already existed. Um, like for, they've done with Rio and Emmy, right? That was mm-hmm. that was an already existing feud and, and story from other promotions way before AW. So there's possibilities. Um, and of course, it's a busy year internationally for AW. Um, All In at Wembley Stadium will no doubt be their biggest show um, since the, the promotion's inception, in my opinion anyway. Uh, first show outside of North America and it's uh, August 27th. So the significance of Wembley cannot be ignored. It's a 90 K maximum stadium and it's set for about uh, 74,000 seats. And, and the the most recent reports at least is over 65,000, right? So that's, that's significant. And I'm sure it's going to be even better when, when the time comes. Um, It's already one of the, the best, gates of the year right and again <laughs> with this not a single match has been announced though i think this one is a bit out and if you're playing with feuds especially at forbidden door and 
and dynamite, you might want to wait. I mean, it is two months out, right? So maybe you don't want to start thinking about that. Maybe you want to think about the other two before you think about all this other stuff. So, um, so yeah, let's talk again about predictions and hopes for women's wrestling matches. Um, again, there's possible inter international talents, including UA talent or UK talent. I think, again, who do you want to have the belts um, during this time? Jamie Hayter obviously has, she, right? She's from the UK. Um, and, and there are people who were there or are there that I think um, could be could be great in matches and title feuds. So, you know, which titles get defended and who do you want to see there? I think much like Forbidden Door, I think All In needs at least one big women's marquee match. It can't just be a throwaway, you know, if Jamie Hayter is champion by that point, which, you know, there's injury stuff and all sort of storyline things going on. But I think she's the probably the best candidate to be world champion by All In because it's her home country and she's a great, she's over and she's great. Um, but you need to give her a good opponent. Like you can't just throw her in there with, you know, no, you know, no offense to, you know, the bunny, but you can't just give her the bunny because the bunny's a great worker and they'll have a great match. Um, it's the same thing with forbidden door. Like you need a big women's match to make a statement. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a lot of time to get there with the story. They've, they're still teasing the Britt Baker jealousy, turning on uh, Jamie Hayter thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they go. Uh, I think a lot of people are putting maybe a, too much emphasis on the fact that, you know, you have to have all these British talent on and all these European talent on the show. It has to be stacked with European talent top to bottom. Um, especially when a lot of people who live in the UK are on Twitter, like, well, actually, we just want to see AEW. That's what we're here True. for. True. So, like, right. don't change it too much because we want AEW. Uh, so, I I don't want them to maybe push too. I don't want them to push Jamie Hader versus Soraya or something like that because that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there like the same thing like we said before yeah. to really just show out because the women's division in AEW is the strongest it's been in terms of talent and in terms of attention and stories and i would i don't want it to get lost because they want to have you got to get the elite on the show and you got to get cm punk on the show and you got to get ftr and all these men who deserve the time of course but like the women's division it's all in you know it's probably going to be you know 65 mm. now maybe 70 75 by the time the show starts, like that's, that's major. That's a big deal. And you can't let the women get forgotten in that. So my prediction, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, maybe like semi main event, something crazy. And mm -hmm. it's going to get time and it's going to be incredible. And we're all going to have fun. We are all going to have fun. And that's, that's <laughs> the point. I'm kind of like everyone, who you know, there's, you know, a few people, you know, around the stuff in the discord and who, are, who live in the UK and say, I got my, Oh, I'm Warren. I got my ticket for Wembley, and I'm like, awesome! It's going to be a party. Like, it's going to be so much yeah. fun to be there in a, in a raucous Euro crowd. What are we talking about? Uh, but <laughs> um, the, um, you know, the, I, I'm I'm with Kylie, and and I'm even going to take a little uh, more of a business aspect, business approach to having all of the oh, we need international talent here. <clears throat> As it, right now, the show is doing crazy uh, sales and again not a single match has been announced so do you feel do you feel compelled do you have the need to 
bring in, you know, Will Ospreay? Does Nigel McGuinness need one final match? Well, maybe Nigel, but anyway, but you know, do you feel, you know, and I think this trickles down to the women as well. Whereas your women right now in AEW, you have a contingent of very over, very appreciated and very British women (laughs) who are already (laughs) there that you can use to get those huge hometown reactions. And look, I know Tony, Tony Storm is from, you know, uh, is from Oceania, but she made her name in the UK. She's, you know, she's adopted by the fans there. So even her wrestling there is going to be a big deal. I don't think you need tons of talent, so on and so forth. And when, and when I was talking about the business aspect of it, we don't know what the plan is right now for AEW, where they're going to sell this. You know, is it going to be on pay-per-view? There's rumors it's going to be available on Max, right? That's a big rumor that's going around. If that's what you do, like, let's just zero in on that. If that's what you do and you're, you know, you're, you're in this, this, this relationship with your new bosses, at Warner Bros, right? And they're like, we're going to put this on on Max. And you're like, all right, let's go. You want to put your people forward. You want to put mm-hmm. your best forward to show the people that I have every day on my, every week, I should say, or twice a week on your networks are filling out Wembley Stadium, right? That's, that's what you want to show to them as opposed to bringing in Will Ospreay for a one-off of special match, whatever, and then people going, well, it sold out because Will Ospreay came on and he was just a guest kind of thing, right? No, you yeah. want to show that you have you have the, the the people to do it. So go in there with uh, go in there with the women that you have already. You know, Soraya can have a thing. You know, she doesn't have to be in the title picture, but she can have a thing, and she can cry in the ring when there's seventy thousand people cheering for and that you know that's fine and i kind of want that for her because that's why she wanted to get away from from vince's house of big muscles that's why she (laughs) she decided to go off on her own it's so that she could regain control of her of her Mm -hmm. legacy and how she wants things to 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 pan out for her she felt she still have some something to give give her that i think that's that that's fine it's deserved she's been through so much i think that's great tony storm is the same thing she she made her name there uh, Jamie Hader is like whatever you do. Jamie Hader has to win. Whatever you do on the show, yeah. Jamie Hader yeah. has to has to win. And I think the idea of Britt Baker and Jamie Hader having happening there with the Wembley crowd just going, I'm having goosebumps just thinking about it. The crowd going nuts because Jamie regained the title off of her former best friend. Like the story tells itself, right? It'd just be it'd just be fantastic. So I don't think we need all that many outsiders on this one uh i i think tony has exactly what exactly what he needs for this show to work and especially to show to his bosses look i these are all my people and look how look at how well we did over here kind of thing yeah i think it's fine and i'm just throwing this out there i don't know what's going on with uh Blair Davenport or B Priestley, right? Um, they had talked about uh, her yesterday at the NXT Battleground um, media call, and as far as that, you know, has HBK had said we reached out. There was no real update on whether or not she was coming back. And Jamie Hader and B Priestley used to team together. They have a huge presence, um, at, you know, across seas and. Yeah, if, if they want to use their roster, there's so many people who, um, starting out, were over there. You know, think of people who are at Eve Wrestling and 
um, you know, RevPro, they already have those people on their roster. And there's arguably a better presence or a bigger presence of Joshi Wrestling in the UK scene as well. And I don't know if that's just, you know, they're maybe closer or they just care about Joshi more. I'm not sure. But if you think of, you know, Brit has actually wrestled overseas. She wrestled for Eve. Emmy, um, you know, uh, who else we got here? Uh, Mercedes Martinez. She was big over there. Um, Riho, obviously. And then the, the ones that you have mentioned. So there have certainly been people who have been in the UK before and who have been draws. And I think it's okay to just use that. I, again, we we want them to use their roster. And the thing is, they have a huge opportunity to use this influence uh, of AW, of the fact that they're being there for the first time. They have a huge opportunity to set a standard in the UK. Um, UK has, this, their indies have the same booking issues that we here in US does. Like, there's not a ton of women's matches on cards. Um, mm -hmm. UK has been, the, the women of UK has been very vocal about that. So this could set a standard. There could be, uh, hopefully, UK indie uh, promotions who look at this and they go, wow, like women are helping to sell out Wembley. That's huge. Um, you know, and if there is more than one women's match, I think that's that's also saying a lot. So, um, I mean, would you guys agree? Do you think there's room for influence and, and opportunities here in the UK indie scene? I think the UK is such a unique thing because for whatever reason, people who live in the UK love to root for like underdog American promotions. Yeah. Like the same thing happened with TNA, which was really big in the UK and now it's with AEW. So I think there's definitely opportunity. And I think the UK independent scene, there's a lot of issues there, not just with booking, but with, you know, people and politics and, you know, horrible, horrible things. Um, so I would love to see some people uh, get opportunities at this all in show uh, or maybe to, for AW to establish a stronger foothold in the UK and, you know, bring more wrestling there, things like that, give more people from the UK and, you know, broader Europe um, an opportunity to wrestle on a big stage. And I would, I would not be opposed to Europe becoming, you know, a great place for AW to go because if pandemic era aside, I feel like promotions, if they go to or like WWE does a big tour of Europe, but I feel like that is a lot different from this Wembley show, which is on this big stage and it's so hyped and there's all this uh, power and, you know, positivity in it. So I think there's definitely room. I think it's just a matter of balancing, bringing in, you know, you know, UK talent or European talent or, you know, talent from, wherever internationally balancing that with uh, making sure that your people get the opportunities that they earned leading up to the, this show, because it's those people who are selling this show, not, you know, the rumors of B Priestley being there or whoever <laughs> will Ospreay being there, whoever. So I would love to see it. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a women's six man tag situation with some, yeah. you know, big stars or battle Royal or something along those lines. You know, Kenny Omega loves a, a multi-person Joshi. <laughs> Joshi really does, yeah. <laughs> so we could get one of those. Yeah. Um, so we could get something like that. I don't know. I think AW was definitely going to get their money's worth out of this crowd. There's going to be probably, pre there's going to be pre-show 
that's going to last a long time. They're going to do some dark matches probably and, you know, store them away somewhere. They're going to get their money's worth out of filming in front of a crowd this big. They need their moments for, the, for their video packages and such. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a sticky situation, I think. And, and I agree with you. And I would even go as far as to say, you know, like there's, you know, how much is it AEW's quote unquote responsibility, right? I'm using air quotes, mm. like to, to come in and be like, well, okay, well, we're ushering in a new era. It's like, I, you know, I think, I think maybe we, you know, it, it's a natural reflex to have because they're so big, because it's a multi-million dollar company, because, you know, mm. they have the resources to do it. And they're like, well, they could be doing this. But ultimately, AEW's job is to make money for AEW so that AEW can continue doing wrestling. Um, I... I think that maybe not unlike uh, what we're doing with uh, what, what happens with WrestleMania, uh, I think it's up to indie promoters to take advantage of the spotlight that is created by Wembley yeah. to create some shows around it. Rev Pro has already announced that they're doing a show. So why not Dan, Pro Wrestling Eve Dan, why don't you put up a show over there and, and, and you know, make, make, uh, uh, take advantage of the fact that over that weekend, there's going to be tens of thousands of pro wrestling fans there already who, you know, might come in a couple of days previous and will want to go catch a few shows if they're there. Right. I think that's also, I, I think there's, there's, there's absolutely an opportunity here for the UK scene to sort of, you know, pull up their sleeves and like, okay, everyone keeps saying the UK scene is dead. The UK scene is dead. Let's prove them wrong kind of thing. And that's, yeah. Again, not necessarily AEW's burden to bear because once they're gone, they're gone. And it'll be up to the Rev Pros, the Eves, the Progresses, whoever's left behind mm -hmm. uh, to, to continue that, right? So I think it's good because the thing is, like, you know, like we've been saying a little bit, um, there's all this UK talent out there. Should AEW put them on their shows? Well, okay, but once they're gone, once AEW is gone, will there still be room for them to grow? Will they be able to help promotions that are that are on the scene in the UK? Will they help? Will they be there to to help attract some more tickets? Will they be able to continue to promote women's wrestling properly because there's stars that are left behind? You know, I, I don't know if I'm being clear here. I feel like my my point is getting a little muddled. But, <laughs> but, but the uh, but the idea, the general idea, is that is like. I think there's an opportunity here for indie promotions in the UK to get to, 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 to establish themselves around the event. And because yeah. they're the ones who are going to stay behind ultimately. Yeah. And I also think um, much like the AW shows in North America, all in is drawing in a lot of people who are traveling to the UK, whether that's from North America or from other places. So these promotions have a great opportunity to rebuild an international audience. Like I think back uh, years ago, when the British indie scene and, you know, the European scene, a lot of people were watching it because, you know, there was no AW and, you know, a lot of prom promotions were suffering. It was WWE, basically. Um, so people turned to that and there was a big boom. And of course, a lot of those talent, you know, got signed to WWE or went to New Japan or what have you. But this is like a prime opportunity to put, if you're in the UK and you're a promoter, to put your stars in front of an international audience, however big or small it might be, and really, you know, share that with them. And then moving forward, you can capitalize on that. It's just a matter of you, of the promoters actually putting on a good show and, you mm -hmm. know, putting their best foot forward in front of the audience and drawing people in to their shows. 
because, you know, GCW does shows with uh, AW all the time. And they draw, you know, a lot of the same people as someone who's been to many of those shows. These people just travel <laughs> with AW, it seems. Uh, but are those, you know, this is an entirely new situation for a lot of people in the UK. So I think it's a great business opportunity and great for the talent. It's just they have to do it. You just have to commit to it. And I don't know, um, you know, the British indie scene is dead or, you know, what have you. I don't know what kind of what's left, what meat is left on the bones for them. Um, there's a lot of great talent, but are the promoters there? Like, do they want to do it? Do they want to, you know, invest in, you know, booking a venue and paying talent and doing all of this to run with AW? I don't know. Yeah. I, I know some of them are. I, I know some yeah. of them are, you know, uh, but like, it's definitely not as a, I mean, the pandemic just the, yeah. the pandemic and, and NXT UK ultimately just swiped the, the, the rug from under them. Um, like I, I'm, I still think that despite, you know, all the poaching that happened when NXT UK arrived, I still think there was room, but the pandemic just literally just like cut their legs off and it's, it, it's been really difficult, but uh, I know some of them are. Some of them are really interested. Now the question is, are they interested in, in doing this with women's wrestling? That's a whole other. That's a whole other angle, which I would argue from the get-go. Outside of guys and uh, like Dan Reed over in Eve, um, I don't think they're all that interested. Which that's, is really sad. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, last time I heard this could have changed was was Dan wasn't excited about running one the same day. Um, whether it be before, I mean, it's not going to be after. <laughs> so he wasn't excited, at least on the same day. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like the next day <laughs> there's going to be so many hangovers. Like how, how are you going to go to shows? I don't know. I've never everyone's done that. Leaving, everyone's <laughs> leaving the next day. No, but you, like yeah. you can create, you can create, like people aren't coming in. People are absolutely staying overnight. You know, yeah. they're absolutely coming in. Like, I can't remember when the Rev Pro show is, but the Rev Pro show I don't think is the same day as Wembley. That would be insane. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the thing is like you do, you you, ha you can do it the day before, you can do it the day before, before, like people are going to make a vacation out of this. They're going to, it's summer, you know, it's summer. It, they're going to take advantage of the situation regardless. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, same day is a little tricky. You know, you see it with GCW, you know, when the shows that they run the same day as, as night one of WrestleMania, it's not great, not great attendance. And people leave before the end of the show because they want to get to the get to the WrestleMania venue. But, you know, nonetheless, there's there's opportunities there. And, you know, I was going to mention WrestleMania weekend because they do, you know, any promotions just where they flock there. But like you said, then there are so many shows that people are leaving halfway through. And so, you know, like, how is that going to affect the night? They're not going to, it won't be uh, positively affecting the, the indie scene by any chance. And uh, Warren, what do you think? Do you think that the 70,000 people in the UK are going to throw their shoes? Cause that's a, that's a very British thing to do is throw their shoes in wrestling. Matches. That would be incredible if they did. <laughs> I hope everyone brings spares, though, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I was looking it up. There are literally people who invest just in throwing shoes, shoes that they throw in matches. And I think I love that. It's so great. It's so great. I think that would probably really hurt somebody, but I think it would be amazing. Well, I mean, people throw chickens at Cody Road matches now. So, okay. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> 
<laughs> so then the next question is, how does this affect All Out, right? It literally runs the next week. And All Out has been their, you know, their flagship, right? Obviously. So is this a good idea? And how would this show look? It's kind of absurd, to be honest, because you can't use All In as a stepping stone to All Out. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's just weird. Um, I mean, you could definitely do some of the same stories and things at each show. But regardless of if the show, uh, whether, I mean, All In, whether it's on Max or wherever it ends up being, it's a pay-per-view, let's be honest. Like, it's a big show. So running back-to-back -back like that is a little weird. I'm not sure I see the vision. I'm willing to trust it because AEW does great pay-per-views for all their faults mm -hmm. they do. Uh, yes. I just don't know how you pull it off with that quick of a turnaround. Uh, whether, I mean, I guess you could have your stories and then split them like team A and team B or something weird. I don't know. When you, when you start breaking it down, the absurdity of the thing is on top of that is that you have, you're going to have the Wembley show. Then you're going to have a dynamite. Yeah. Then you're going to have a collision. Then you're going to have all out. You know, it's like yeah. that. It's even wilder when you, when, when the whole picture gets painted. Um, yeah. And frankly, look, we're just chit chatting here. <laughs> it could, Wembley could, it's almost, you know, it, it, I'm sure it's sold more than what they were expecting. It's yeah. sold more than what a lot of us were expecting at this stage. Anyway, we're getting closer to being a, a sellout. Um, it could absolutely be a stepping stone <laughs> to, uh, to all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no matches. Like there's nothing on this show right now has to be booked warranting. We need to sell tickets. Like it is a multi-million dollar gate for AEW at this point. This is a business success, right? So Tony could be looking at this and be like, I'm not going to burn any big matches here. He could. I'm not saying he won't, but he, or he will, but he could, right? He could just look at this and say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing MJF CM Punk here kind of thing. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, you, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I do think that there should be some stories that are resolved at all in. Sure. I think there should be some big moments like a Jamie Hayter big win or um, maybe like a cool trios match or something along those lines that maybe you can then free up space on all out for other things. Like you can divide and conquer here. It's just such a weird, like I can't rationalize the logic of not just having all in replace all out this year, like, or no. moving all out because then you have, uh, you have all in and all out. And then a few weeks later, presumably grand slam. So that's like three big shows within a month. And AW, they love their big shows. They love their TV specials. More power to them. It's just going to be so hectic and keeping up with every dynamite and collision and making sure all your ducks are in a row so these shows run smoothly. That's a big ask. It's, mm -hmm. it's a big ask. And I don't know. Tony Khan, like, I wouldn't have done it if I owned AW. <laughs> I would not have done that. But <laughs> if you want to take the risk, I'm not going to be mad about more big shows. He right. clearly feels confident about his summer. He feels confident <laughs> about the summer and that everything is going to be awesome in his life. Honestly, if everyone stays healthy, yeah, you know, we're going the 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 the, the, the wrap up of the summer is going to be just mind blowing. It's going to be awesome. I don't know. It's I'm really and excited to see how it all pans out. That's my concern too. Is um, I imagine that Wembley will it will be hard on the bodies. Of, of the wrestlers and then next week 
you get to do it all over again, right? You get to fly from UK and, and probably I'm sure they're going to go out. Why would you not? And then you're going to have to do it all over again in a week. Like (laughs) that can't be fun. And like you said, the stories worry me too, because if you do anything with the stories at all in, which I'm, I'm betting he does, then how does that progress in a week to make sense it all out? Are you just going to have a bunch of rematches or, you know, I, I would hope that they already have this planned out, but how do you, how do you do, or is it just, there's certain people that, that work on Wembley and then there's certain people that work it all out. I don't know. But Chicago is a wrestling city and they are expecting this. So I'm not sure how this is going to work out for them. Maybe, maybe you end up with, uh, you know, with a show, maybe you end up with matches anyway, that maybe pattern off a little off of the new Japan style where you'll have like two top programs, right. In a tag team match. They do that all, all the time in New Japan, yeah. and, and I and I myself, I go, oh, okay, you know, it's it's not, but maybe for the North American fan who never watches Puro and doesn't realize that this is a booking trope and it's absolutely normal, maybe they'll be like, well, why are they putting MJ, CM Punk and Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay and MJF? You know, I'm just blowing smoke here. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but just to give you an example of what two big programs could look like, uh, why are they doing this? That weird, you know. But then again, it's like something I, you know, you see quite a bit. I don't know. I, it, it's curious for sure. And I think all in, it gives them a good opportunity to really do some dream matches that they don't have to build a ton of story for. Like, That's you could a good just, point. yeah, you could just put stuff out there and people would like it. You know, the dream match discourse aside on Twitter, which every time it happens, it's the worst thing, but you could just have fun with it. And I think that's probably what they're aiming for. Um, mm. I would just hate for all, all in to become a thing where, you know, you, you don't get big moments and big matches because I think the crowd deserves it. Uh, so I would love to do, you know, you could do, you could do Omega Danielson too. You could do uh, Omega versus anybody. Basically he has a lot to catch up on after being out, but just have fun with it. Just have, you know, some dream matches, maybe some fun tag. Like you said, a battle Royal people would love that with some surprises. Yeah. Just have fun. It doesn't have to be super, super serious. A battle royal is a really good idea to put to plug in the you know Euro talent that everyone wants yeah. to see on the show and without giving and you know I was joking earlier but I think it's really a thing and I could you know Tony Khan being an old message board Ring of Honor guy I could absolutely see him doing it giving Nigel McGuinness a match right a big match yeah. and maybe against Kenny Omega on top of that right so you know and that would be huge for the UK crowd like the people would lose their their, their brains over that. Uh, and it all still works or, you know, Nigel is contracted and so on and so forth. It all, it, it all works out, but, uh, yeah, the dream match aspect makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And they could do, I mean, I don't know if they do it. Maybe you guys can help me. Um, a battle Royale for, and do they go, cause no, that's double or nothing. Sorry. A battle Royale for all out. And it's a good way to use your 100 plus roster for the men's roster in that as well. And so I know we're talking about the women's division, but I, I'm, you know, we're, we're also talking about general, just general concerns sure. about two huge events, very close to each other. Maybe they'll move all out. Who knows? Um, and so maybe we should have started with this. <laughs> We've already mentioned most of these uh, women, but I think it would be cool to kind of go over the state of the current women's division, its strengths, future, uh, the outlooks, etc. So this pod comes out after Double or Nothing, so we have to kind of generally talk about feuds and titles, but um, here's the updated roster and injury list. Bear with me. I know there's only 34 names, but there's a lot to go over here. 
So total listed on the website's official roster is 34. We have Abaddon, who, when have we seen Abaddon re recently? Uh, Anna Jay, Bunny, uh, Diamante, and Kira were just officially added to the roster, which is great because they've done so much. Um, mm -hmm. Brits, uh, Emmy, Harley Cameron, who is the woman who, who works with QTV. She has wrestled a few matches. I can't remember. It's probably one of the YouTube shows, so I'm not sure where she would fit now. Hokar Shida, uh, Jade, of course, Jamie, Julia, uh, Madison, who was announced as a coach but does wrestle, uh, which I'm sure is just because they need women. Uh, Marina Shafir, Mercedes Martinez, who was just cleared to come back, so she's back. Nyla, who was – I mean, she's not been very active recently at all. I think the last time I saw her active was back in, in March. Um, Penelope Ford, like you said, she was over in DTT with Kip recently for that <laughs> that heavy metal um, title, which usually lasts like half a day when you get it. Um, but Penelope Ford hasn't wrestled for AW since 2022. I think it's like October. So it's been a long time. Uh, Red Velvets, Rio, who was overseas here and there, Ruby, Soraya, Sky, um, Tay. Taya, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, and then Willow, who is, is the first strong woman's champ, and I'm sure that's going to play out. She'll be here and there. And then Yuka, which TJPW announced that she will graduate soon from TJPW and officially be based with the A, uh, sorry, graduate from TJPW and officially be based at AW in 2024. Um, so then injured. <clears throat> I thought the, the list was longer than this, but Chris Statlander, Layla and then Paige Van Sant has recently been injured. Then they have backstage and, and these are non-wrestling roles. And a lot of them um, are not listed because of that. So Layla is not officially listed. Um, Maria Canales is not officially listed rebel. And then Serena Deeb, who is a coach, but hasn't wrestled in five months. So um, I think there, is there anyone I missed or mislabeled? that you guys know of? No? Okay. I, I, no, I think that sounds all right. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of names. Um, so considering injured backstage, leaving out those not listed on official roster and occasionally overseas, because that obviously takes like Hikaru is always over there. We're looking currently at least at 23 active and strictly AW talent. So is that big? <laughs> I mean, it's not big if, you, if you're using comparative stuff. Um, what do you think about this current active roster? I think it's strong. Like, it's small, but I think they have a lot of really heavy hitters there, especially talent who, like, the homegrown people who have improved a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're really strong in that regard. But I do think it's very hard to have a thriving women's division where the stories don't drag and the feuds don't drag when – you have so like a division that's so small. Yeah. So uh, I think that criticism of the AW roster, uh, women's roster, and that it's too small is valid. Like the, the bloat that people talk about, that's the men's division. That has nothing to do with us. That's them. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of room for growth. I think there's a lot of people who are way overdue for a spot and an opportunity. It's just, I don't know if AEW sees the value in them. Like I think AWCs, you know, the criticisms of the women's division are maybe women who don't draw or something along those lines. And they're like, okay, we got to go back to Brit or we got it. We got to get Sheeta. We got to do something like that. 
it's just, it's really disheartening, I think, mm -hmm. for me. Um, I, uh, I think there's depth. I mean, I, I don't think we can, we can really question that. There's a lot of depth. Uh, and I, I, I think Kylie even said earlier that I, I, you know, I think the women's roster is at its best spot that it's been uh, since the onset of the company. Yeah. Then when the bar's in the dirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it really is. Uh, and, uh, and I think there's a lot, there, that's it. There's a lot of depth. I think what we need to bemoan is the lack of a mid card and yeah. it's for the yeah. women uh, because there are many women on this roster that the AEW fans really like outside of Brit, outside of Jamie. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony storm has become highly embraced. I think yeah. people really, really like Tony. They really like Ruby because everyone liked Ruby. And, you know, I think everyone still remembers her, you know, her Trek from WWE, you know, those vignettes and all of that. But I think everyone is, you know, Ruby is such a, a naturally likable person that it's like you were rooting for her. And I think everyone is really happy that she's still here. But there's people that are really underused that the fans really like, like Riho, like Sheeta, like Nyla as well, who legitimately you know, get reactions every time they come yeah. out. People are super excited to see them. Rio uh, the draw. Rio the draw. Well, you know, she did drive, <laughs> she did drive uh, Paul Levesque's NXT off of Wednesday nights. Good for her. That's, you know, that's, that's <laughs> a notch on her. Uh, that's a notch on her. <laughs> but she, um, but that's it. It's like, I think the lack of an undercard, a mid card, let's put it that way, for the women, because we mentioned it earlier, Kyle mentioned it earlier, outside of the belt, the titles, excuse me, outside of the feuds for the titles, what is there yeah. for the women? There's yeah. not much. And that's how you, that's on one hand, how you create a little more, uh, uh, I want to say diversity, but not in the, you know, not, not in the all-inclusiveness yeah. sense, in the, in the sense that there's more to watch, you know, that there's, you, you know, there's more more people on there that than just your bog standard typical men's wrestlers that you, that, that 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 populate the, the the cards. You get to see more of the women. You get to know them better. They, then they have more opportunities to get over. And here's the thing: again, like Kylie said, Kylie is so freaking smart. I'm just yes. echoing her points. <laughs> A lot of these women get over not because they they're involved in these fantastic stories because there's their you know mjf level killer promos get over because they're because of their work and mm -hmm. this is something that a lot of people seem to forget with AEW is that you know a lot of people watch AEW because there's actual wrestling because there's work because mm -hmm. the work rate does matter jamie hater never became AEW world champion because she could cut a uh, women's world champion because she could cut a promo like john moxley she got in there because she worked because she was mm -hmm. she's a great pro wrestler. You can argue Tony Storm as well. Tony is eh, maybe not the great on the, the greatest on the mic, but she's once once she starts working, she's great. Same yeah. with Willow. Same with Riho. These are all people who got over because they let them wrestle. They gave them time, put them on TV so that people could get to know them. Britt Baker, arguably, is the only woman who got over because she's brilliant on the mic. Arguably, she's the only one. I agree. Everyone yeah. else works. Serena Deeb is another example. Yeah. Serena Deeb pits <laughs> on the mic. You know, but yeah. she's <laughs> ring. She's a great heel personality. 
So yeah. undercard, that's what we need. We need an undercard for the women. And I think there's two you know, patterns of booking that AW really needs to get rid of if they're going to make that work. I think one is you can't have the TBS title Island. Like you can't have, first of all, Jade ran through the whole bid card. So you can't do that again, if, regardless of who's champ, if it's Chris, if it's uh, Ty Valkyrie, whoever it is, you can't do it again. You need to make the TBS title integrated into the entire women's division. And two, stop putting women in, you know, male dominated factions and leaving them there. Like yeah. Anna J and Ty Mello happened to them. They're in the JAS and then they're just, you know, arm pieces for that, for Chris Jericho. It happened to Julia Hart, who is getting more opportunities now, but, yes. <laughs> but she was in that. I, I, I think, I think Julia is a bit of an, ex an exception. She's in the my boss. I, yeah. I call I her the boss. Yeah. I really want, you know, not to go too much on a Julia tangent, but I really <laughs> want her to be, you know, you sort of, you know, whip Malachi Black into shape, like be be yeah. the boss of him. I want her yeah. to step into that role. I think, I don't know, there's just something so unique about her and her vibe and her character. She's such a great actress. Um, and then, of course, Penelope and Bunny. And Penelope had her own personal struggles, and she's just now coming back from them. Uh, but I feel like they've both been in that spot where they're just part of, you know, this men's angle, and now they're in this faction with their husbands and the butcher. Um, so I think... AW really needs to one, let women stand on their own. They don't have to be attached to their spouse or to, you know, a star, a male star to get over. And two, just be more creative with the TBS title. Just mm -hmm. Jade can't be champion anymore. I love Jade, but you just can't do it. Like she ran through the entire mid card and now they're all just gone. Right. And I will say, I think again, tangent on Julia, because I am a huge Julia stan at this point. Um, I think it's, I think it's amazing that best friends are scared of her, that they're like, she can't come ringside. Like they're legitimately like, she scares me. So I, I think that's reason. Yeah. I think it's great. And also, you know, the whole um, attaching women to this, I mean, <laughs> that's a WWE trope, right? All they do yeah. is attach women to, even if, if they do wrestle on their own, they're still attached to their significant others. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of room. Um, for improvement, but they do have a lot of strength as well. And talking about mid mid uh, mid card or even top card, let's talk about ROH. So there's on their on their uh, website, there's two people: Athena, who is of course the champ, and mm -hmm. the Mercedes, who she won the belt from. Uh, the AW talent that actually wrestles is of course Athena, Mercedes, Willow has wrestled quite a bit. Madison and Sky, um, Emmy and Diamante. So there is a few that go over there quite quite a bit. But the thing that's impressive about ROH, and I hope they really um, take advantage of and sign, is their indie talent. Yeah. So they've had fourteen or eighteen women used from the indies out of fourteen episodes. So that's awesome. And um, the indie talent that have appeared more three or more times are Trishadora. Mm -hmm. Slam Dunk, Lady Frost, Slam Dunk, uh, Robin Renegade. The twins have been there, but Robin is used quite a bit. Miranda Alizé, and then Ashley uh, D'Amboise. So Ashley is also, uh, she's, <laughs> Warren's winking at me because I was very scared of saying her last name. <laughs> I'm not good with last names. I just don't, they don't look like how they're spelled um, or how they're said. So She's also a slam dunk. So that's awesome. And that's not even all of them, right? There's a bunch of women on there. Shazza, 
Hayan, Miyu, who've used a couple of times, right? And even Steph Delander, um, Vert really? Vixen. These are all really great women who are slam dunks. So how do we feel about, how do they build, first of all, the ROH women's division? They're not spending much time focused on it. Do they focus more time? Do they sign a bunch of indie women to make it a roster? What do you, what do y'all think? It's confusing to me because Ring of Honor, at least in this TV run that they've had, they've had a lot of women's wrestling more than AEW. Like in terms, you know, mm-hmm. math ratios. I think women have been more featured. But it's I'm definitely getting the impression that Ring of Honor is going to become not so much a standalone promotion like maybe we all thought. I think it's going to be integrated into AEW in some kind of way, whether that's as in, you know, AEW's NXT or um, a place for them to test stuff. I don't know. It's just, I don't see Ring of Honor being what we all want it to be. If you're a Ring of Honor fan as its own thing, I think it's an attached to AEW. It's always going to be attached to AEW. We're going to have to get over it. Uh, but I do think they need to sign people. Like I'm all for bringing in um, independent talent or AW talent to do these programs on your weekly TV and for your pay-per-views and what have you, but you can't just have a women's champ and then no women's division. Like you need mainstays and you need to show a commitment to building a division uh, instead of just bringing people in so often because there's a men's division and you know, there's a tag division, there's a men's tag division. So and I also think, you know, not that AW has a responsibility to provide um, stability to the independent scene, but I think AW, there's some women like Trisha Dora, uh, like, you know, Lady Frost, who AW should extend that offer to and bring them in and give them uh, a, some sort of security so that they can really work uh, in Ring of Honor and improve and, you know, build their brand and so on. I think that's a smart business move for. AW to invest in, you know, the next generation of talent. So I'm a little bit worried about ring of honor, not just the women, just the promotion itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, so, no, it's just I, a weird space. I agree. And, and, and I think the, the, the problems with, uh, with ring of honor go beyond like, just, well, I think the, the problems with the women, div- the women's division are just, they're just indicative of what's going on with ring of honor in general, which I don't think is great. You know, everyone is pointing out at the 19 match, Ring of Honor card that we had this week, you know, on a, a three-hour Ring of Honor, like Ring of Honor has essentially become dark and dark elevation, right? Where it's just they're just taping the shows before you know dynamites and whatnot, and they're just running through, they're they're just running through um, people, and you're just slapping up matches and it's like there's no real rhyme or reason that they're just happening and it feels you know there's no real presentation to it it really does feel like the youtube shows and i think ultimately that's that that's hurting it and you know i i understand that tony khan he even said it on the media call this week he said you know well i have to i have to empty out whatever all the stuff we had taped for ring of honor because we're we're doing another another set of tapings soon you know so, so that's why we had the ring of honor the, the the ring of honor this week with 19 matches on it it's still insane regardless yeah. time, you know, um you know maybe you don't have to air everything is the point you know when you have mm-hmm. like you know 10 squash matches it's like okay because then you know, ultimately that's the thing that's why i'm having a lot of trouble getting invested in ring of honor outside of the pay-per-views which are fantastic but 
the the shows themselves. And on top of that, you you have to shell out money. You have to shell out 10 bucks a month yeah. to watch these dark, dark elevation knockoffs. It's like, it's a shame, but it's, it, for me, it's keeping me from getting invested into the, into the promotion outside of the pay-per-views where I'll just blindly buy the pay-per-views. And I'm like, I don't care what the stories are. You know, yeah. Claudio versus Eddie Kingston is going to be great. Mark Briscoe versus yeah. Samoa Joe is going to be great. You know, so I, you know, Athena versus was it what was it Yuka at the last one, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's going to be great. So all these things, I'm like, it doesn't matter because the pay per views are going to be great. Everything that happens in the meantime, I mean, it's good for these opportunities. It's good for the wrestlers. It's good for like Kristen said, the indie talent popping up there, uh, getting some work, getting a, a proper payday, whatever, adding to their sizzle reels and all of that stuff. That's fantastic. But whew, I don't know. Like it, it I, I find Ring of Honor is a rough one, and then. On top of it all, I've I've been advocating for a hard Ring of Honor split with AEW because the only way you're going to make Ring of Honor special is if the AEW talent doesn't show up on it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, Blackpool Combat Club being what it is, you know, and Samoa Joe now has been adv- advertised for Collision. It's like okay, like I'm not even missing these people. I'm not even missing Claudio. I'm not even missing Samoa Joe. The only person I'm missing yeah. is Athena. That's the hard one right there. Oh, where I'm yeah. like, I'd love to see Athena back on Dynamite in a couple of weeks and just punching the lights out of people. That was awesome. Yeah. Aside from that, like, I just have trouble getting invested. And I think I think Athena's definitely on her way back to AW. I think it's hard, and I know. Um, people are still divided on this, whether what the role of ring of honor is in the, like the AW cinematic universe. But I think it's hard to argue that ring of honor is its own thing and not like AW developmental when AW talent go to ring of honor and win titles. Like yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to argue that it's anything other than what it really is. Not that, you know, not that I'm against, you know, the Lucha bros showing up in ring of honor or Claudio I think that can be great fun. But when they go in and they win titles and they dominate the programming, I think we kind of have to be realistic. It it does. Two, it's two things, right? It's like on one hand, the Lucha Bros should go in and should win the titles because it's the Lucha Bros, right? But yep. then you're right. Then on the other hand, it's like, well, there you go. Then the, the, the talent that's here is not quite up to par with the superstars of AEW. Exactly. That's the thing. And you know why it why it works for uh, the Briscoes and Samoa Joe and maybe Daniel or not Daniel Brian Danielson, excuse me. Oh my God, is they have a history, right? They they've worked there before and they have been known as as real pillars of it back back then. You That's don't really stuff. have that on the women's division, so I think it would be good to bring Athena back start feuds with some someone or somebody and then bring that over to ROH. I think that's sort of how you do it. If you're worried about people not knowing who your indie talent is, which I, I would just disagree with. I mean, I think it's a good sign that lady frost was on dynamite that might play a part yes. in ROH yeah, as well. I think that's great, but yeah, I mean, there's so much room to work with the ROH women's division. I just hope that it doesn't take too much away from the AW women. Like you said, it's, I feel like it needs a split, but it's hard. And as far as like 19, 19 matches, I mean, they tape it, what, after Rampage or after Dynamite, something like that? and Before, between, usually. Yeah. I mean, Depends. three hours after already experiencing one to two hours of programming. I mean, 
I've been there. I'm sure you both have been there where you're like, oh my God, I'm just tired. Cause you get so hyped up for dynamite that after you're just like, oh, or before I'm just tired. So I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine. They, 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 they didn't tape the 19 matches on one night. This is all stuff that Tony had been sitting on, but okay. even Ring of Honor as a two hour weekly show, I think is too much Yeah, in the format that they're presenting it right now. And the, the very low level, low effort production that is going into it right now, where they're just slapping matches one next to one after each other. Oh, you know, you'll get three matches one after each other, then a pre-tape, then three more matches. And in that format, two hours is even, that's even too long. It's like dark and dark elevation. And we're at some point, I, I, just, I can't, I can't sit and watch the whole thing anymore. Yeah, it's right. just too much. And I think if you're going to do ROH programming and make it, valuable like your other brands i think you should do five matches right I and mean, five to six matches like they do with dynamite mm -hmm. i think that's enough and and you know 19, 19 matches is a lot they could do like you like you said they've already split it up but they they could do like nwa does where they film so many matches what, what? yeah what <laughs> well it doesn't always work but they could do that where they film all these matches and they split them up between episodes, right? And I think there's a bunch of people who do that. Women's Wrestling Army. I feel like MLW does that at some point. And that way you've gotten it out of the way. <laughs> all these matches and you're not putting them all in one day, which, like you said, at some point, Dark and Elevation was like, okay, so we know who's going to win. There's not a lot of surprises. Um, and yes, it's great to see work, but... At three minutes, you know, I'm, I'm good. Um, so <laughs> I will say that I fully, fully wanted this episode to be positive and let's work on the positive, but it's absolutely valid to do the critiques. And I think we all had good points. Nobody was just crapping on AW, but I want to end, I want to end the episode with like, with really positive notes on the roster because we've, mm -hmm. we've already said it's a great roster. So Let's talk about strongest woman. On who is your strongest woman for talent or skill, promo, and then their character? What would you say? Oh. And it could be different people. It doesn't have to be all one. Well, I, I I think as far as promos go, it's unquestionably Brit. Like yeah, yeah agreed. No one even comes close, and that's how she became a superstar for the company. That's how she became a face of the company. She's right. yeah. She's un right now in the women's division. She's untouchable. Completely untouchable. Um, let's see. I think talent, um, I would say it's tough because I would say Sheeta, but I think Tony Storm is up there with her in terms of yeah. Yeah. wrestling skill and ability, just that alone. I think they're both incredible. Um, and it also depends kind of like what kind of wrestling you like to watch. Yeah. Because if you like, you know, the Joshi style, you would probably pick Riho over, you know, Jade as, you know, who you think is the most talented. Um, I would say Jamie I guess, too. Yeah. Jamie Hader is undoubtedly one of the best wrestlers skill wise on the on the roster. I think yeah. she's the best women's wrestler competing in North America right now. Whoa! Yeah, that is okay. That, that, no, that is, <laughs> yeah, I really believe that. I think there's no one that touches her as far as her in ring goes, quality of her output, her work. I don't. Not, I think not Masha. Who's no, cloned herself I, apparently? Because how do you go to all those shows in one year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Masha's great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I don't think anyone 
because Jamie's always in big matches on top of that. And she delivers every single time. Um, She unquestionably to me, she's the best uh, overall talent, best women's wrestler in North America competing right now, I would say. So who, who is the best character, right? The gimmick. Like no one can touch also, I think, uh, Jade's presentation yeah, because Jade has so much. Yeah. yeah, she's got so many natural superstar attributes that just make her who she right. is. And and I like how AEW is able to lean into that as well. You know, yeah. Um, I think she's. Uh, I think on that level, she's she's on a she's on an island of her own. Um, and and on the opposite end, you have Willow, who's a great. Yeah. Yeah quote-unquote character as well but again it's off of her natural attributes she's just like a charisma bomb she's uh she's you know she has this you know they they use the term it's become cliche but this infectious good vibe energy that just permeates into the into the crowds wherever she goes she's like she's special on that front Mm -hmm. on top of her work which is, which I, you know, no one on that roster wrestles like she does. So she brings even something special on that level. She's just, yeah, on that level, she's fantastic. Yeah. Willow is just such a pure baby face in a way that no one else on the roster really is. Uh, and I think AW really needs that. And that's, yeah. I think that's a lot of the reason why Willow got over so quickly is fans, you know, really latched onto her because she's so good at being just nice and being carefree mm-hmm. and fun and, um, she doesn't need to be edgy and she doesn't need to be no. attitude era. She's just fun. You want, root, you want to root for her. You're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm on your side. Let's do it. Let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's Nyla, right? Who spreads her character among many platforms and uh, is one of those that I would say really got herself over as more than just, you know, the beast, right? Underrated, underappreciated in that company. Yeah. Is Nyla Rose. On all fronts, mic work, character work, uh, in-ring work, underrated, underappreciated, top to bottom. Uh, So let's Um, talk about then rising stars, right? So women on on the roster who um, have a lot of potential and they're they're working on it as far as skill, promo, character. What do y'all think? I think... Oh, it's tough to like nail someone down as a rising star. <laughs> Let me it's start like- off, right? I think um, as far as skill, Anna Jay is growing. She's growing, growing, growing. Um, she had, I mean, I think her character is also developing quite well. She told me in an interview that she um, is being trained in that, in that way from Chris Jericho and who else can train somebody with great promo work and character work then Chris Jericho, he is the Can we talk about that for a second? Just for a yes, quick second. go ahead. <laughs> because, I mean, just look at her and Dan Garcia since they've yeah. been working with, yes. with Jericho. <laughs> both, both, of those, both of those people, you know, relatively vanilla, get into the JAS, and then they're just like, they're expanding, they're flowering. Of course, like, you know, you can say, you can hate Chris Jericho for all you want, with all, you, with all your heart in regards to his politics or whatever, and... You, that's fine. But I mean, if you're a pro wrestler and you want to get the, the, you know, the, the presentation down, how to present yourself in the ring to make you feel like a big deal and make you feel like you've got something to offer week after week, there's your guy. And we have tangible observable proof 
right. with with uh, Anna Jay specifically, since we're talking about women's wrestling here. Uh, and and you know what? What I like about Anna Jay, and I've talked about this on my show, I'd like her to be a plunder match specialist. I'd like her to be the hardcore woman because yep. every time she gets into these matches where they bring out the you know the the, the kendo sticks and the trash cans, she's yeah. a ton of fun. Let her become the Tommy Dreamer of the women's division yeah. for <laughs> AEW again without all the nonsense. Just but you know like where 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 she's if she she wrestles straight up wrestling matches oh she's okay but you know she, oh she always loses or whatnot but then when it's time to when it's time to bring out the chains and swing in chairs and whatnot let's go i think she has strength in that i think she knows how to use that and soup you know suplex women on the uh, on the on the on the floor and so on and so forth she has that edge to her which i think she could really 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 lean into and that would make her special in that division yeah, and I think in terms of character work, uh, I wouldn't necessarily label Athena as a rising star, but no. I think her stock in um, AW is definitely rising because of this edgy character that she has now, um, especially after the Aubrey Edwards beatdown angle. Uh, I think she definitely, in terms of like character evolution, I think Athena has been a great success story. But in terms of like an overall package wrestler as a rising star, not to bring it back, but I think Julia Hart. Yeah. Um, she hasn't had that many opportunities in this house of black role as she did as a cheerleader in terms of like on-screen appearances. But in the last couple months or so, I'd say, you know, just her character. And also she's had, um, she cut a house of black promo with a fade to black and all the weird spookiness. Um, mm -hmm. And with this new house rules thing, I think she's just doing a great job. And I think they really have a star in Julia Hart, I'd say. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, she's not a finished product by any means, but right now her spot in the House of Black is fantastic. And they and she speaks on the same level as the guys, right? You know, like Alistair will do Alistair, look at me. Malachi will, <laughs> will oh, do both of us have done it today. No. <laughs> Malachi will do his bit and Brody will do his bit. And there's sometimes she'll even talk and Buddy won't say a thing. You know, it's like, but she'll always have a word to say. She'll always, because like Kristen likes to say, she's the boss. She, she, yeah. she, yeah. you know, she's the leader of the group. Um, I think Willow Nightingale is unquestionably a, a rising star. And I think that's, yeah. it was cemented, even though that wasn't the planned finish. I think it's cemented now with the winning the open, uh, the, the strong, I always want to call it the open week because that's what they call it on the dude side, but the strong women's title. Uh, I, I think it's just cemented it that this woman is, this is going to be probably the best year of her career so far uh, because of, you know, an unfortunate thing that happened with the match with Mercedes. But I think, you know, it's pro wrestling and someone still has to benefit off of it. Otherwise, what's the point? Might as well be Willow. And I think she's, she's going to be unstoppable in a couple of years. Yeah, and I think um, I think Willow being there and, you know, it wasn't the planned finish, but I think I think it's, a, you know, every cloud is a silver lining. I think it's a really good sign that she was in that spot to begin with. Oh, sure. Yeah, and I think, I don't think, you know, of course, Mercedes is an international star and she is name value, whatever. But in terms of building up um, a New Japan Strong title and just New Japan Strong in general, I don't think, you know, having Willow as champ is a big loss. I know some people on Twitter were saying that because they're haters, but I think that's a great opportunity for New Japan as well, not just Willow. So, you know, I personally, I would have picked Willow 
I would have booked Willow to win it overall. But, you know, there's reports they made the title for Mercedes. Whatever. Whatever, New Japan. <laughs> but I just love Willow. I think she's so marketable. I think she's, you know, you could put her in, in a meet and greet or on a, sh- a talk show or whatever. And she's just so personable. She's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She really is. And, you know, the, the reports from all the wrestlers are she's like that in real life, too. She's just a real cool person and <laughs> i think aw needs some more real cool uh workaholics right that gets along just with everyone laid back you know no drama just <laughs> here for a good time right perfect i agree with uh julia hart and i you know she hasn't cut a ton of promos but i don't think she really needs to i think she has that very brooding characters evil witchy character and like I said, now that they have the best friends, like she's not allowed near us. Like she's so scary. I think she doesn't even need promos then. Like she, her presence is just frightening. And she's the first thing that comes out when the lights go off and they come back on. She's the first person out. So huge, obviously a huge fan. Again, Taya Valkyrie is in no way a rising star. She's been around forever. But in AW, I think she has yeah. some real great potential to be the next top lady. Um She's always been really good in the ring. Her her um, character is it's steady. It's great. And also her promo. So I think once they let her really go, um, it's going to be amazing. So any uh, last thoughts here before we wrap it up? Potential um, additions. Do you have any potential additions to the roster you might want to see? Don't say Mercedes because it's just going to make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and not because I, I don't like Mercedes. I just think she she needs to travel the world and let everyone see her wonderfulness before she gets tied down. I mean, I'm, you know, because of when we're recording this, I'm really deep in, you know, the Jordan Grace is wrapping up with impact mm-hmm. drama. Um, I would love to see Jordan Grace show up in AW, whether she signs there or not. I think, you know, just having a match or two, even that. Um it's just this like women's wrestling is in a weird spot where there aren't that many free agents because there's so many opportunities, which is great. And I love it. Um, especially AEW, just in terms of like the standing of the division. It's yeah, it's in its best spot. There's room to grow. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying that it'll maybe ever be perfect, but I think we can appreciate that it's in its best place. Uh, I would go with. Um, well, there's a couple. Look, I I think Stephanie Vacare should be someone that you know Tony at the very least should be willing to bring in and have some and do some stuff with. Uh, you know, he's got. I know his relationship with play might be a problem trying to bring in someone from CMLL, but I think you know we're talking about we're talking about quality over quantity in the women's division. W Vacare, I think, is there. Uh, and I'm still excited for big stage, big time, Trishadora. Yes. I cannot wait. I was super, super excited to learn recently that she's training at the LA Dojo, New yeah. Japan. Uh, well, New Japan, LA, I should say. Anyway. Uh, so, the, the, you know, it goes along things I've heard about her, you know, interviews that I've had with her where she wants to take this seriously. She wants to wants to be the best. She's taking her time. There, she's training with Yuri Shibata. Let's go. You know, this woman in a couple of years again. I think she's going to be just completely undeniable. She's going to be another big superstar. That's someone who I'd like to see. It probably won't happen within the next year, you know, or so. But uh, uh, she's definitely, definitely one that 
I would love to see in, in, in AEW. And I'm not saying that I'm right. And that I know the, that I know for sure, but Jordan Grace has also said in interview interviews and online multiple times that she's really grown into that strong woman competition. This, mm-hmm. this you know, what she's doing right now. And that eventually that's what she wanted to focus on. That wrestling was going to fall down at some point. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but it wouldn't surprise me either. But, you know, yeah. she could still come back once in a while. I think that's still a possibility. Um, so I <laughs> truly intended this for be like an hour, but no. <laughs> and it's okay because we had some really great talk um, and we've covered a lot. So I appreciate both of your time and everyone who's listening uh, while we sifted through the roster, its current state, its future, its influence. Um, I am very sorry Haley is not here because yesterday was Haley's birthday and I had fully planned on singing her happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear me sing cringy. I know, but I was going to do it for her because she, she needs it. She loves it, all that stuff. Um, but next time Haley and we will have her on. I feel terrible that her power went out. Um, we'll, we'll bring you all back again talk about whatever you want to. I think it's a great idea. So before we go, why don't you each, Plug your work. Oh, well, you could follow me on Twitter to see everything I'm doing at Fuller underscore Kylie. I do, you know, random shows. I pop it on Fightful just whenever they need someone. Um, you can see me and Haley on Tag Talk every Monday at 3 on Fightful Overbooked. We talk about tag team wrestling. Right now, when we're recording this, we're deep in the Elite Blackpool Combat Club every week. That's all our audience wants is Elite Blackpool Combat Club, as they should. Um, but we do mix it up. We do. We talk WWE. We talk New Japan. If it's big in tag team wrestling, we'll cover it on Tag Talk. Um, and like I said, I just randomly pop in. I just did um, retro review with Rob on Fightful Select. If you want to check that out, uh, we did review the first ever AW Double or Nothing. It was a great time. So go check that out. Um, yeah. And as for me, well, yeah, but you can uh, listen to the Mr. Warren Hayes show on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, where I cover everything I feel like in pro wrestling. <laughs> Which is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, but, you know, I, we, we cover stuff and do uh, previews, reviews. It's going to be a big review show uh, this week as we're recording this, but I don't want to timestamp this too much but you know there's going to be a lot of reviewing happening over the next few days otherwise you can also listen to this uh to the uh to the mr warren hay show on your favorite podcast application whether it be apple spotify stitcher amazon all the things i am right out there so please feel free to check in and, and listen to it uh youtube.com slash mr warren hayes or just search for the mr warren hayes show podcast uh you can follow Haley um at at Haley Ann, H-A-L-E-Y-A-N-N-E underscore. She's got all of her stuff on there, so you can follow her there. Um, you can follow me at Kristen Ashley. Uh, just I'm not going to spell it out. <laughs> just Kristen Ashley, um, and all my stuff there gets posted. Make sure you follow PWI at official PWI. Uh, go buy all their, their stuff. They're great. They're on Instagram and TikTok as well. Um, their website's pwi-online.com. Just released the Super Cards issue. Super, super proud of that issue. The next issue is going to feature indie talent that we don't put in the magazine a lot. So that's going to be really neat to do. And then, of course, list season is coming up. So get prepared for that. That's I think it's following this issue. I don't don't quote me, but it's it's coming soon. <laughs> um, so 
thank you all again for for listening. Appreciate you all, and uh, thank you for. Oh, that's it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you soon.